three, two, one. It's that time of the day. Welcome to the 4th Street Sports Show, an award-winning student podcast covering all things Golden Eagles. Welcome back to 4th Street. It is your host, Smooth Oz, with the gang. Beside me, I have Charlie, Dima, Jackson, and Nathan running the boards. And shout out also to Sky running the production. So guys, without further ado, we're going to hop into the show just to get um, just a quick overview of things going on um, on this show today, we have a special interview. Um, we've kind of been forecasting it a little bit if you've been paying attention. Um, and then, you know, we forecasted today with a big announcement. But we have Coach Will Hall on our show today, which is a pre-recorded, um, a pre-recorded interview that we did this past Friday. Um, and it's going to run for uh, quite a while, so it is it's highly entertaining. So without further ado, we're going to hop into our eagle eye, and we're going to come back and interview Coach Hall, and you can hear the rest of that. So, Charlie, take it away. Bunch of sports happening around campus and around the country, really. Cross-country traveled to Arkansas for um, their event, the Chili Pepper Festival, and they finished second out of 31 teams there. Olivia Vavzniak led the Golden Eagles to Vajniak. their finish with another school record. Record and fourth place individual finish. They recorded 129 points overall, with Isabella Ross also finishing 12 and Aaron Phelps finishing 21st. They will return to action Friday, October 14th in Tuscaloosa at the Crimson Classic for their last race before the Sun Belt Championship. So the end of the season's approaching Man, quickly. Cross country is going fast. It is really fast. A <laughs> <laughs> <Is that laughs> pun? Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Let's talk volleyball now. The Golden Eagles split a series with Troy this weekend at home in Sunbelt play. The Trojans swept Southern Miss in three sets on Saturday, but Friday's game was a lot better for the Golden Eagles. The Golden Eagles forced five sets against Troy and closed the back-and-forth battle out with a 5-0 run. Kara Atkinson had a big weekend for the Golden Eagles, recording a team-high combined 24 hits and also 10 blocks. Southern Miss star Mia Wesley had her toughest stretch of the season, though, as she posted a 109 attacking percentage and an 068 percentage on Saturday. The Golden Eagles are now 10-6 and 2-2 and two and two in Sunbelt play. They hit the road for a two-game stretch against the Warhawks of ULM starting Friday at 6 p.m. Hopping over to soccer, um, not doing too well after winning their first game in the Sun Belt. They haven't really been able to find their groove since then. They've dropped to one and two and one in the conference after a one to nothing loss against Texas State on Saturday. The Bobcats' only goal was from an own goal from Southern Misses as Madison Flamia tipped the ball into the net off an attempted header. Um, it was a defensive game with both teams combining for six shots total. So Southern Miss will head up there to Myrtle Beach in uh, Coastal Carolina for another conference matchup on Thursday, October 6th. Coastal Carolina is also struggling with as 1-7 and seven and 2 overall and a 0-3 conference record. So hopefully soccer can get that one done. And then our boys over men's golf, they had another promising start at the Old Town Collegiate, holding second place into the final day, but the team dropped five places in the final standings. Senior Cameron Clark finished tied for fourth in the event with a 205 total, and our special 4th Street guest, Pat Radanayanon, finished 11th. So the Golden Eagles returned to action October 10th and 11th when they traveled to Corvallis, Oregon, to play in the Oregon State Invitational. And Coach Eddie Brasher was talking about, you know, it's not the result they wanted, but he thinks they can compete in a lot of events this year. 
Moving over to football, of course, Southern Miss has announced a day off from classes, guys. A day off from classes. So, I deserve a clap. Yeah, I think that's a huge clap, definitely. So on October the 27th, when the Golden Eagles, of course, play the ULL, uh, play ULL um, at the Rock, which is a Thursday night game, primetime matchup, of course, it will be on national television, and that will cancel classes, guys. So that is a plus for us against the Rays and Cajuns, so that'll be fun to watch. And obviously, the big news this week is Southern Miss comes off of a bye week, guys. Heading now to Troy to play them this week on Friday, of course. So we'll see where um, well things go from there. Um, it'll be a marquee matchup. Um, and see how Southern Miss fared, um, taking the day off, well, taking the day off, taking the week off. Um, but moving on from football, we got to talk about basketball, of course, guys. Basket basketball season is right around the corner. If you don't know, the NBA preseason has just started, guys. Sir. And without further ado, the NCAA is starting up soon. So with that being, um, with that being covered, basketball, Southern Mi uh, Golden Eagles basketball started their early practices where we heard from head coach Jay Ladner and players. We have a basketball rap coming up for you guys right now. Let's play it. Southern Miss men's basketball is back in the Reed Green Coliseum and ready to turn the page from one of the worst seasons in program history. The Golden Eagles finished last year with a 7-26 record and a 1-17 conference standing. The 14-game losing streak sits only behind the program's winless season in 1971. Head coach Jay Ladner is entering his fourth season as Southern Miss's coach with a 24-65 record and an understanding that there needs to be a turnaround. Get the elephant in the room, you know, we haven't been, it's time for us to win some ball games, okay? I want to make sure that everybody understands that we understand that. I understand that more than anybody. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be the coach here. Um, thankful for the, the, the vote of confidence in our, our administration, Dr. Bennett, and of course, uh, Jeremy McLean. And I, I'm just excited about our upcoming season and I realize that what's at stake. And it will have to be a quick rebuild for Southern Miss who were hit hard by the transfer portal this off season, losing key players like Tyler Stevenson and Jerron Pierre. The Golden Eagles have reloaded their roster with nine new players, including Austin Crowley, a transfer from Ole Miss and a couple of players with Chilean connections. Ladner noted the challenge of reshaping the roster as his biggest concern heading into the season but said that it has gone more smoothly than he thought as the team has built chemistry early on. When this team leaves the Coliseum for practice, they stick together. You'll see them all out together. They're at restaurants, cafeteria, uh, socializing, whatever it may be. They're always together, whereas is, is maybe last year we would have three or four, three or four, one or two, you know, whatever. We just, I was just never able to push the right buttons last year to, to get us on the same page. But Senior forward DeAndre Pickney said that he's focused on being more active of a leader as one of the few remaining members from last year's roster. He said that the team has been paying to attention to detail on the court, but also noted the impact of the early chemistry the team has built. Last year we had a lot of individuality and I feel like we don't have that on this team. Everybody has their little bit of individuality, but for the most part, everybody is trying to be on the same page. We share the ball, we love each other. We hang out outside of basketball. We play video games with each other. And quite frankly, we didn't do none of that last year. That chemistry may have come naturally, but Southern Miss will have to work on what they can do to improve their team. One of Ladner's priorities is to improve their perimeter shooting. 
He stated that the top six players by minutes in the one, two, and three positions all shot for under 35% last year. Shooting will be just one area of focus as Southern Miss works together in practice until their first game on November 7th against William Carey. This is Charlie Luttrell for 4th Street Sports. For more info on the basketball season, stay tuned to our coverage at the Student Prince and SMTV. Thanks, Charlie, for that amazing rap. <laughs> uh, just to get into things, guys, I, I want to clarify something. I said that Troy plays Southern Miss on Friday. I meant to say Saturday. I was thinking about high school football. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, just getting into things, um, Charlie, Dima, and Nathan were there on this Jackson. Thursday. Jackson. And Jackson, my bad. Not Nathan. Not Nathan. Uh, not Nathan. <laughs> sorry, Nathan. Sorry. I'm sorry, sorry Nathan. Nathan. I thought you were there. But Charlie, Jackson, and Dima were there on Thursday to see the start of practices. And I'm gonna let you guys take it away and just, you know, just take it away, guys. I know that Pickney said that they didn't play video games last year, so that's it's a quite interesting take. So, tell me about the chemistry so far. Yeah, we're not gonna have you know much that we actually saw on the court. Did see a couple injuries. Don't know the updates on that. Um, Austin Crowley actually went off with an injury. Mm -hmm. You know, don't know the status of that. But otherwise, you know, I think they're getting some kinks out still. But as you heard in our story, the team, both Ladner and both of uh, Felipe Haas and DeAndre Pignan, who, who we talked about, we're talking about how the chemistry has kind of eased the transition. <clears throat> Felipe's coming from playing at Mercer and South Carolina. He said this has been his smoothest transition so far. And I, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the new additions, but Felipe Haas is going to be, I think, one of those big guys. Um, Coach Ladner was talking about adding length, and then he's just one, you know, big guy in this picture. And he has experience. Even with the uh, Chilean national team, he's 6'9", 245 pounds. Nice. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I showed up pretty late because um, I was running behind that morning. But I did. I, I do know from the press conference that it at least is very optimistic to think th that they that every time you ask what's the difference, what's the main difference from the last year to this year, and every one of them will manage the chemistry. One minute the chemistry. I played basketball for eight years um, in high school, and I can tell you right now that I developed some friendships with those guys. That if we didn't develop those friendships, then we wouldn't have been that good of a basketball team. So believe it or not, especially in basketball, in my opinion, in any sport, but basketball especially, team chemistry is one of the most important. Team chemistry does make a team better. So <clears throat> as much as however many games they win or whatever, I think that, that it has piqued my interest in just one practice to see what happens on the court. Now, obviously, like all of you listening, we really don't know that much about this team. They're all fairly mm -hmm. new. Like, yes. I really didn't know what to ask because I don't know really any of the players this year. But um, obviously, we'll get to know them. But... I think it's just very encouraging and very get an optimistic view on the season. Yeah, fans know it. Everybody around Hattiesburg knows it. And Coach Ladner even mentioned it at the start of the wrap that he has to start winning ball games. Southern Miss has to start winning ball games. Let's just break it down. His 270 win percentage and 189 win percentage at conference player each the lowest in school history to this point so he has to do that and you know talk about what could be different y'all talked about the culture and one thing he said is that the veteran-led culture might be the way to do it he mentioned that there might be only like one or two guys on the team period who don't have three or more years of collegiate experience so he just hopes he can bring those guys together to make a change because Southern Miss basketball these fans want victories right and you gotta hope that the culture will lead to success 
And one important, you know, we're going to be bringing stories probably in basketball previews later, but one important thing that, you know, I'm really uh, interested about is the connection that these players already have, which might have made that, you know, team building a lot more natural, is that four or five of these guys are from Puerto Rico and Chile. Juan uh, Cardano, the new uh, assistant coach, uh, Cardona, sorry, is... Uh, connected with these guys and even DeAndre Pickney played with some of these guys when he was playing in Florida so I mean these guys that have played against each other know each other I think it's made it all uh, more natural and I think you know that will definitely help the rebuild because this is no easy task to you know win games especially with reshaping your roster and let's be real shooting has been an issue every uh, season with Coach Ladner and you know that might just be with the talent he said they're trying to get in more of a shape to have you know shooters but it might be something that you know you don't see overnight so, so having that is important. Yeah it shall be interesting um, with Coach Latner and the squad starting um, just in a little bit over a month from yeah. now um, starting first against Delta State um, on November the 1st so that shall be interesting but without further ado we will hop into our interview with Coach Will Hall making his first debut on 4th mm -hmm. Street yes sir surprisingly um, but he's made his, his, his debut subliminally I guess with the raps or whatever yes. but like his first actual interview where we sit down and talk with him so that will be coming up as we talk about his tenure and how the season is going thus far as they head to Troy coming up and we'll be back let's get into the interview coming up soon after the break this is the 4th Street Sports Show on Southern Miss Radio Welcome back to 4th Street Sports Show. I am Diva Mixon. I'm joined by Jackson Howell, Nathan Lee, Charlie Luttrell, and our amazing special guest, head coach <laughs> of the football team, Will Hall. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. You know, it's a great Friday. We got our gold on. Go Gold Friday and uh, coming off a big win this week, as you guys know, and got an off week, so all our coaches are out recruiting. It's a little quiet around the office. I'm getting a little work done. And uh, happy to have you guys in here today, and, and I look forward to talking to you. Coach, just, you know, four weeks into the season, you know, you just came off of probably the biggest win of your tenure here yeah. at Southern Miss. Just talk about the state of the team right now and just what you're seeing with your team. Uh, just kind of go through that. Yeah, well, I'm really happy with how we've grown, you know, uh, and, and that's not just the two-lane win, but, but the two-lane win obviously uh, means a lot to our fan base but also a lot to our kids because you want to you wanna reap some rewards of all your hard work. Uh, we've totally transformed this program. You guys know that. Y'all are in it every day. Uh, academically, we're doing better than any Southern Miss football team's ever done. We're doing some great things off the field with our character development. Uh, but we need to start winning some games on the field. And, and that was a great football team we beat last week. It was a big step for us in the right direction. It was great for our players who have just kept believing, you know, because uh, they've really bought into what we're selling here, which is, man, you keep, you, you, you can't grow tired of doing what's right. You know what I mean? The good Lord tells us that. You keep doing what's right over and over and over again, and eventually you reap a harvest on his time, not yours. But it was great for the players to finally reap that harvest and get a big win. Now, we're not a finished product. Y'all know that, man. We're really young. We're getting better as we go. We've had a great week this week in our off week, getting better at some fundamental things. And we're going into Sunbelt play. We've got to continue to improve. We've got to continue to recruit and keep building this program because we're just halfway into our second year. You know, so uh, uh, I, I think the future's bright, but we've got to continue to push forward. Two, uh, four weeks into the season, the bye week comes now. So how are you all getting some rest early on in the season, and how do you utilize this bye week to get ready for Troy next week? 
Yeah, so what we wanted to do is, uh, you know, the bye week's hitting right now, which when you look at a five-week fall camp coupled with a four-week season, we're at week nine of our season. We got eight games left, so it's almost hitting right dead in the middle. Uh, you know, part of you thinks, man, we're hot right now. We've won two games. We've won four of our last six as a program. We'd like to keep playing. Uh, the another part of you says, you know, it's happening at a good time, coming off what's our first big win here in a long time, so we can kind of enjoy that longer than you normally would be able to and uh, and kind of reset ourselves. We've had a great week. We told everybody in the program from coaches all the way down to equipment managers to find one thing you can improve on this week. Just focus in on one and let's get better at that. And I think all our players really embraced that. I think our coaches did. Uh, so we've had a great week in the weight room, great, great week on the field. I think we have improved and gotten better. Uh, we let them go for the weekend to get away. I think it's healthy to get away, you know, uh, get away from each other for a little while because we're around each other a lot. And we will uh, reconvene on Monday and start working on Troy. We gained one day last week on Troy, and then uh, we're going to gain a Monday. So we'll gain two extra days on them. They're a great opponent that's done a lot of things. Uh, you know, several years ago, uh, they were they were uh, one of the top group of five programs in America. They've hired Coach Sumrall, who was on those staffs, to build it back, and uh, it'll be a tremendous challenge for us. Coach, you mentioned you want your players to get better at one thing every single day. So collectively, what are some of the things you've seen from your players that they have gotten better at, and what are you still looking for? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is, uh, you know, offensively we're really young at some spots. So I think, you know, at quarterback, I think we had another great week of understanding the overall nuances of the offense, getting timing down with our receivers. Uh, some of our young offensive linemen, I think, understanding the different looks that you see in the season, getting that down. Uh, I think we spent a lot of time on kickoff cover because as great as our special teams have been, that's been one, one area that we feel like we need to improve on and we should be better at because we're talented. And I thought we got some great kickoff cover work this week. Defensively, we're older at linebacker, which is good from an experience standpoint. It's bad because you can, you know, when you're old, you can get bumped and bruised and beat up a little quicker. So we've kind of gotten to allow those guys to get healthy a little bit this week. Our D linemen are really talented, but they're all new and they're playing at a high level. I think they've had a great week of understanding, uh, get, getting honing in on the defensive scheme and using their techniques. So all in all, it's just been a good week. Of, we told everybody in the program, if you get better at one little thing, collectively we'll get a whole lot better. And I do, I do think we've taken some steps this week. Yeah, Coach, reflecting, you know, I know y'all have probably done celebrating that win against Tulane because y'all got, you know, got a job ahead of y'all. But, you know, kind of going back to that Saturday, what was that feeling like for you as for this organization and the team? Because I know you were very excited running with, to the fans because yeah. they supported so well. So what was that feeling really like for you? Hey, well, number one, I need that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he got the Go Gold memo. Yeah, exactly. that's, a dad, that's a dadgum T-shirt right there. But uh, that's an AIE shirt all the way. But, no, so, you know, it's been uh, – you know, building this thing back has not been easy, and we're not done yet. Like, we still got some tough rows to hold to get it back like it's supposed to be because this is a proud program uh, with such rich and storied tradition. Uh, but I think as hard as it's been, particularly uh, for me and our fan base and, and, and the sale of that, you know, because fans want it to happen right now, right? We're like the five-year-old at Christmas, man. We want to we wanna open our presents on Christmas Eve. No, you got to wait till in the morning. That's a tough deal. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and we're asking our fans to wait a little while so we can build it back right. And, but, you know, it, it reaches a point where, again, they want to see some fruit, you know, for their labor, and, and, and that was a big win. And I understand that. I respect That's one reason why I wanted this job, because I, I love Mississippi. I love Southern Miss. I love this place, and I want it for them. I, I want to build it back to where, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're the best group of five program in America. And that was just a big, a big moment to let them know and give them a ray of hope of, hey, man, we are really building this thing back right. And I was so appreciative of how many of them came down to New Orleans. It was a great crowd. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of hard work's been put into getting to that. And, and you have to reach that point, And it was a huge win. And going off of that, you know, something that stood out from your presser last week is you said this was the only job you had ever won. And, yeah. And um, just kind of growing up in Mississippi with your history in football, you know, could you kind of just talk us through when you kind of fixed your eyes on Southern Miss and maybe why Southern Miss? Well, you know, first off, there's a lot of jobs in Mississippi. You know, there's a lot of college jobs in Mississippi, but I always haven't been a realist with you know, who I am and, and what I am. Like I knew early on, even though I was a pretty good player, I was short. I wasn't gonna be able to play in the NFL. You know, and, and the same with my career. I was a Division II player that started out coaching Division II. So for me to escalate all the way to some jobs is probably an unrealistic goal to have. I always felt like Southern Miss uh, was just me. I felt like it was a place where you could be yourself I felt like it was a place where you could work and grind and the people appreciated that. I love the colors, black and gold. We were black and gold growing up in Amory. Uh, I had a great respect for Jeff Bauer, uh, you know, and how he did things. I got to know him early on. And uh, I love this area. Me and my wife love the beach. We're close, to, we're close to the beach here. So I just always looked at it from afar thinking, you know, man, if I could ever get that job with how I know the area and how we've recruited our whole life, we could really build something special here and I could raise my family in a place where my boy's last name meant something. And, uh, and that's rare in this profession. You know, my two kids, they're 14 and 11. They know where they were, right now, they know where they were born, but they have no idea where they're from. And that hurts me a little bit. You know, I want them to be from somewhere and I would like to stay here and then be from, be from Hattiesburg, you know, and, and, and understand and, and, and that means something to them like it does to me to be from Amory, Mississippi, you know. Coach, let's talk a little bit about your leadership style. So everyone that's been following Southern Miss for a while knows that you're a big fan of using metaphors, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of us got a kick out of the fish metaphor at Tulane. Yeah. But something that struck me was that at the presser following Tulane, every single player, one way or another, referenced the getting the wagon over the hill metaphor yep. that you use constantly. So what's it like to have the players buy what you're selling, and where do you come up with these metaphors? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, the greatest teacher of all time was Jesus, in my opinion, and he spoke in parables, right? Yeah. So uh, I think I I'm a psychology guy, I'm a psychology major. And you're always trying to find a better way to teach and a better way to learn. And man, if we go to kindergarten classes all throughout this town today, they're reading stories to them to teach them principles. And they do that all the way down with the youngest kids and the simplest of minds. And I, I think that works all the way through life. Uh, we, we all love songs that tell stories. Uh, so we, we, we try to relate it to something they can grasp hold of and understand. 
Uh, I appreciate these players. I appreciate how they've bought into this culture. I think they know we're treating them the right way. I think they know that we're doing things right. And right wins out in the end. Uh, it always does. Sometimes right takes a little longer to win out, but it does always win out. And we're doing it the right way. You know, uh, I would like to be 4-0 right now. Uh, we're going to be 4-0 one day. Uh, but, but no, I love our players, and I appreciate all the things they say, and it means a lot to me when they embrace what, what we're doing. Coach, we see that trophy behind you, like yeah. the best Division three player. Um, and two, we've, Division Division two. two. Yeah. Sue, sorry. Yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Division two. Uh, yeah. But we've also seen your arm out there in practice kind of throwing the ball. So, yeah. like, you know, it looks like you kind of still have it. We've seen some things on Twitter yeah. and just watched you out there being able to throw the ball. So could you just talk about your experience playing, being able to get that trophy, and being around the sports, you know, how it modeled, if it did, the way that you coach, the way that you analytically look at games, how to beat opponents, how you strategize for opponents. How does your experience playing kind of develop into that coaching style? Yeah, I think it goes all the way back to how I was raised. You know, I grew up in a football home. Uh, my dad allowed me to follow him around all the time, so I was a football junkie. Uh, I grew up in a home with a, with a mother and father that were brutally honest with me, you know, and they told me early on, my dad told me early on, hey, man, you're not going to be big enough to play in the NFL. It just is what it is. But you can be a really good player if you outwork everybody all the time. And uh, the, so that was me, man. I was, uh, I was a worker. You know, anybody that ever knows me knows they may say a lot of things about me, but they, they know I don't lie and they know I work. And uh, so, you know, I maximized everything the good Lord gave me, and that's always driven me because I've always seen that there is a pathway to success for everybody. It's different for everybody. It's easier for some than others. And, uh, you know, we were able to overcome a lot, and, and, and I was blessed now. I played for a great high school coach and my dad who was cutting edge offensively. We led the state in scoring my senior year. Then I go to Northwest Community College and played for an offensive coordinator named Scott Maxfield and a head coach, Bobby Franklin. We were no huddle spread when nobody was, led the state in scoring and offense. And I played college for Mark Hudspeth and Kenny Edenfield at North Alabama, who were one of the first people to combine the shotgun with the under center option. So we were, uh, I, I was very blessed to play at places where we had really good players and we were on cutting edge schematically. So I learned a lot, but it also allowed me to utilize my talents. Quarterback's the most unique position in the world in any sport because the success of the team depends so much on the quarterback, but the success of the quarterback depends so much on the team. You know, if Tim Couch would've got drafted by the Patriots and Tom Brady would've got drafted by the Browns, we probably don't even know who Tom Brady is. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was blessed to be in great programs too, and I'm very thankful for that. And uh, but but my playing career definitely impacted and gave me confidence that through work and finding a pathway of success, uh, you know, you you can you can eventually reach your goals. Yeah, coach. Going off of that, you know, we've talked to a lot of coaches around the university. You know, basketball, baseball, softball, but. I mean, coaching is different for every sport. I mean, there's even a, a book. We, we, we got this right here, a book called Coaching Football for Dummies. I, I can't imagine that you read that book or nothing because <laughs> you're too good for that. Uh, but, you know, from coaching at Presbyterian in 2004 to now, what was that process like learning the ins and outs of coaching and specifically coaching football? Well, number one, I, I bought that book for my <laughs> for my wife when we were really young. Yeah, but my wife, man, she actually is she's pretty good at football now. She's yeah. she's uh she's 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 better than 
than your average fan, but we, we, we did start with that book early on. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, I don't know if she still got it or not, but as far as my experience, and to explain the question to me again, my experience and yeah. how, how it uh, affected my career. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I was blessed with was, it was a curse and a blessing, is I was one of those guys that always thought I could succeed. I just had an innate uh, confidence for some reason. And uh, so, man, I got done playing. I just wanted to go coach. I wanted to go call plays. I was going to change the world, man. I was going to be the next Bill Walsh. All I needed was opportunity to call plays, and I was going to really show people how to coach. What I learned really quickly was that for me to get a job calling plays, I had to go places nobody else wanted the job. Well, when you go to those places, another thing you find out is everybody else you play has got better players than you got. And players really, really matter. You know what I mean? You can have the greatest of schemes, and if everybody else is bigger and faster than you, they don't work so well. So we failed a lot. I say we because I had some guys with me. You know, Sam Gregg was with me through those years. Desmond Lindsay came on early on. But we did have success relative to the places we were at. We shattered a lot of school records. Uh, we had to find ways to move the ball. We were in places where there wasn't a lot of eyes on us so we could make mistakes, if you will, and learn from them and not get killed in the media and all that. <laughs> so we were, uh, we, we had a lot of trial and error and learning on the fly, and it was just us. And I think the way we came up in the profession is very rare now, but I think it m prepared us more for this opportunity and this job more than most people are prepared now that just stay Division One, you know, all their all their lives. And talking about the the guys that you know you you met or continued your career with at those places, you get to you know coach with them alongside them at a D one program now. Just what has that experience been like, and you know what does that bring to, I guess, just the work you know life. You know, you have your best friends here mm -hmm. at work with you. Yeah, so, you know, this is a brutal profession. You know, you guys know that. Uh, the criticism you get on a daily basis is, is incredible. So you've got to have people around you that are totally bought into how you do things uh, that are also legitimate, high-character people. And uh, a lot of these guys, from Sam Gregg to Desmond Lindsay to Austin Armstrong to Lance Hancar to Reed Stringer, even some of the younger guys, you know, like, Caden Cochran and Jordy Joseph and Ben Thomas and, and uh, Chad Williams, uh, Mark Kreiner now. You know, those guys have been with me for an extended amount of time. Like, they really know what I'm about. They know what I want it to look like. They know how I want to treat people. And I, I think they've got my back. You know, I think when they're out and about in town, if there's something negative said, I think they're ready to, to say, whoa, now. You know what I mean? And... Uh, I think they believe in how I'm going to do things in my character because they've all had other options at other jobs and they chose to come here and take on this great task of building this place back. Because I was up front and honest with all of them, like, we're, the, the ceiling for this place is unbelievable, but the road to get there is going to be really hard. And we're going to take a lot of criticism because they're going to expect it way faster than it's feasibly possible to get done. And uh, But once we get it there, it's going to be so much better than at some places where they really don't love it like they do here. So I'm very appreciative of all those people. I think you surround yourself with good people that remind you of who you are and what you want to be because when times get tough, you've got to hold on to your values even harder than, than you do in the good times, you know. For those of you watching and listening at home, Coach Hall has an office just like many of y'all do. So <laughs> with that in mind, can you just 
walk us through like what's your day to day like what are you gonna do for the rest of the day obviously by week not game prepping so what's that day to day look like coach well day to day is different from a, from a Sunday to Saturday standpoint but almost every Sunday is the same almost every Monday is the same every Tuesday is the same uh, days start early for me I'm an early riser I'm gonna get in here somewhere between 520 and 550 uh, and we're college and, students we don't know what yeah. that is <laughs> so uh, you know I'm rolling early uh, we, we start meetings anywhere from 645 to 715 with the players then we're out on the field anywhere from 8 o'clock to 830 depending on the day we're done at 1020 every day with the players then we get off the practice field we watch the practice tape as an offensive staff, and then uh, and then we game plan for some specific situation based off the day, uh, and then we'll script practice for the next day. Everything's scripted and planned. Uh, about 3:20 every afternoon, we have a full staff meeting. I'm a quick, quick staff meeting guy. I think the biggest waste of time in any organization is when you get everybody in the department there to listen to the boss talk for a little while because nobody's working but sitting there listening to me talk. So I try to be extremely organized in those staff meetings. We have bulleted points that we've got to talk about. Those last anywhere from 7 to 20 minutes. Uh, we're never in there longer than that, and we're out of there and back working. Uh, and then we'll work into the night uh, to make sure the next day's planned and everything's done. And, uh, and then we wake up and do it again. Uh, you know, so uh, that's the season. Uh, there's recruiting involved throughout all that, through text messaging, direct messaging, phone calls. And uh, I try to get up early, and I try to start our days early for me and for our staff because we have a lot of staff, a lot of our staff members have young children. So I want them to be able to go home. I want them to get home before their children go to bed. I think it's important for dad to be at home. I think it's important to see dad before we go to sleep. And uh, so that's why we get up early. We try to get up and get in here while they're sleeping so we can get home while they're still awake. And uh, so that's that's a general, you know, day for us. Coach, I just keep looking at your verse over there, and I know that you're a, a strong man of faith, and I just yeah. always wanted to ask you uh, what your favorite Bible verse was and how it how it kind of helps you coach, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, my favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 9, 24. You know, I, you know, I just believe that, you know, and that, you know, talking about, you know, if you're all running a race, then run in such a way as to win. It, I, I just believe the good Lord gives us all gifts. And, and we actually, as a metaphor, we, we use the parable of talents, which obviously talents back then was money, but we actually use that term with our players to talk about, you know, the good Lord didn't give you talent for you to sit on it and not use it to, for the greater good. You know, you have to, you have to use, it is your responsibility to use your talent to impact others and create more. And uh, I just believe that with all my heart, man, we're all given something. We've got to mm -hmm. figure out how we're going to use it to impact others. And it's our responsibility to do it to the best of our ability. So that's my favorite verse. Now that one over there, you know, is Romans 12, 12, which has kind of been something I want to look at every day as we build this program. <laughs> and it'll resonate with some people. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying, right? Because that's that's what we are like. We have great hope here. We have a great vision and a very great plan to get us back. Uh, we got to be patient right now while we're in trouble because we're not there and we can't lose sight of that hope 
And man, Lord knows we got to keep on praying. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We need a break or two along the way. We, we need a blessing or two. We got some the other night at Tulane. Uh, you know, we caught some breaks in recruiting with these D linemen. You know what I mean? Because they, that was a, some, un and it was through hard work. Because I believe breaks come when you when you put yourself in the situation to receive the break. We're talking about that to our players right now that aren't playing as much as they maybe want to. We've got a lot that aren't playing as much as they want to. That's every team. You can handle that one or two ways. You can pout, all right? You can say, man, one day, one day I'm going to get an opportunity. One day the Lord's going to bless me. Or you can say, you know what? Tuesday's coming up this week. I'm going to get in. Maybe that is my blessing. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is my opportunity from the Lord. And i got to take the advantage of it and make the most of it. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now, man. We're, we really are rejoicing in our hope. Uh, we're being patient as we work. And we're keep on praying for more opportunities where we can be take advantage of those opportunities, you know. Well, Coach, do you have anything else to add at the end of the interview? No, I appreciate you guys, man. I've been a lot of places. I think you guys do a great job. I appreciate you. I love Southern Miss. Everybody, you know, I hope knows that. And uh, I, ju I just encourage people to please get on board with us right now as we're building because there's going to come a day where we're favored in every game. Mm. And, and that's going to be fun, too. But the climb is so much more fun than, the, than, than sitting at the top of the mountain. And uh, man, this climb is gonna be fun. We got a huge game coming up next week. We got homecoming. We got some great home games. And I just appreciate everybody and get on board with us. And uh, it's gonna be some fun times coming. Well, Coach, thanks so much for joining us. So for Charlie, for Nathan, for Jackson, I'm Dima. And this was a special interview, yeah. a very, very special interview with the head football coach, Will Hall. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, to the top. This is 4th Street, and we got Mo Dogs on 88.5 this year. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the show. We're now giving flowers. Welcome back to our flower section. If you're viewing this on the live stream, you can see our beautiful flowers that we have. If you are listening on the radio station, we have two roses and a tulip. It's three, three. three roses. Oh my God, three. I can't see from my perspective three roses. And we have a fancy little yellow tulip there and a nice fancy butterfly. Um, But for the first time, guys, for the first time, we are crowning a lady this time, finally. guys. Finally, First. finally, we get to give the flowers to a lady this time. As you all know, Southern Miss football did not play this week. More than likely, um, <coughs> no, they didn't play this week. But usually, you know, when we do this forestry thing, the people vote for the guys. Where's the love for the ladies? Come on. Now we get the love for the ladies. This is how you start off October, guys. It really this is. This is how you start off October. But without further ado, <laughs> Let's announce our Fourth Street Player of the Week. Where's the drum roll? And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, your Fourth Street Player of the Week is Kara Atkinson, who, guys, just played phenomenal. 24 kills on 10 blocks on the weekend. She had a 
522 hitting percentage. Dog. 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 There's no way else to put it. She had 24 kills. Um, a team high. Um, you know, team high combined for 20. Um, Carter had a team high combined 24 kills. I almost start with there. But, um, like I said, 24 kills and 10 blocks on the weekend versus Dog. Troy. So, uh, she was phenomenal. They split that series. So, congratulations to Kara Atkinson. We're looking to give the flowers to the ladies now. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Move out the way. Thank, but thank this you. is our first time that we do this, um, giving it out to ladies. So this is a special show. So congratulations to Miss Atkinson. And without further ado, we're going to move over to our honorable mention section. Yeah, I want to say thank you to the University of Florence and Gifts, of course, on Highway 49 yes. in Hattiesburg for sponsoring this section. But our other honorable uh, mentions, Olivia Vavzniak, who again finished fourth at the Chili Pepper Country uh, Festival, Cross Country Festival. She finished uh, with a 1634.8 in the 5,000 meters, which oh. is a PR and another school <laughs> record. She keeps breaking it. And, and over to Cameron Clark, finished fourth at the Old Town Collegiate. And then, of course, Kenzie Smith doing her thing at volleyball. Uh, career high seven kills for her, but also 11 combined on the weekend with 73 total assists and 11 Double. digs. So lots of good performances again. And uh, for our other other mention, if you know we had a giveaway going on, yes. uh, thanks to M Imperial Nutrition here in Hattiesburg, mm. giving some uh, ladies a loaded tea, $25 gift card. And who else would it be? She's also going to get a Southern Miss bottle Southern Miss women's t-shirt, a cool Seymour keychain. Who else would it be than Lindsay Leg, our guest last week? She won somehow. Wow. Congratulations. It was completely random. I watched Charlie do it. Yeah, no, it was random. Lexi she even, she even said us. She was <laughs> not rigged. She, she saw us not. and she was like, I better win that. And that that wasn't a threat, but she ended up I winning I think you it. were scared. Yeah, I, I, I think not, you put Lindsay Leg more than twice. It's not rigged, y'all. I promise. I promise. <laughs> it was completely... Wow. Yeah, Collusion. so our volleyball players getting some um, extra love this weekend. Yes, they are getting lots of love. Um, but without further ado, guys, um, let's just have a quick talk here. So, guys. <laughs> why is everybody looking at me like that? We're scared. Let's chat. Right. I just want to announce this. The Cowboys, I know y'all oh, talked about me. I know y'all talked about me, but the Cowboys are 3-1, and one, and Cooper Rush is now 4-0 as a starter. Good for you. A lot of people said rush we couldn't hour. do it. Yes, the rush hour. And let's just not talk about the Saints at this table. We all know. We, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> look how Jackson is looking. This is a fed-up look. But, guys, I love you. The Cowboys or three and one and that's just all I have to say that's just all I have to say so I mean I'm sorry about your, your Saints this week Will Lux is he's not the guy he's not the guy <laughs> oh come on Cody I, I, gotta, okay. the best I don't want to talk about NFL on here but he hit a 60 yard before that did you even know that yes I knew that but he's still not the guy <laughs> Austin you're insufferable I think I know, Troy, could probably, kicker. Troy could probably beat Brett Saints Meyer. Brad Meyer? Oh, I thought yeah. it was Erlon or whatever. Nah, uh, y'all went through like it. 10 last year, so I guess y'all yeah, found one. Yeah, we, we found the right guy. Ohio State might be the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. We can talk trash about this later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, without further ado, I just want to say to the people, the ladies and gentlemen listening out there that we are wrapping up Fourth Street. As always, be sure to come back Mondays at Five. Mondays at 5. You got it in your head? Mondays at 5. Come back and listen to 4th Street. Also, you can check us out on the live stream at Southern Miss Student Media on YouTube. 
if you are not watching on there i highly advise you to watch on there also um further notes um just on the show will hall interview the full will hall interview is posted on southern miss student media where you can go listen to that and last but not least our southern miss we call it prince pickham or southern miss prediction episode will be out this friday as we forecast and talk about all things southern miss football versus troy this week as they travel to troy alabama it shall be interesting so without further ado i think that does it for fourth street we'll be back on the road we'll be traveling to troy to talk some more football so look forward to listening to you well look forward to you guys watching and listening and tuning in to us but any last comments before we sign out? Goodbye. Thank you, Coach Hall. <laughs> yeah, I just say I think we deserve a caca because we got the head football coach on the show. Yes. So yes. we'll draw a roll. Did I do it last week? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get it rolling, guys. Caca! Hey, that's it for the show, man. I'm, I'm a little strange in the voice, but that's it for the show. We'll be back next week, Mondays at 5, 4th Street, baby. Let's get it. Dog. 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 <laughs> Three, two, one. This has been the 4th Street Sports Show. Tune in next Monday at 5.